0: Now before you say it's not what you think, I am not one of those traders who's going to talk about driving around in Ferraris with a tiger in the passenger seat and gold chains and dancing girls and all that fun stuff. If you guys know me, you know I am the exact opposite of that rather in today's episode of the trading coach podcast we're going to talk about how the same approach that ferrari takes in selling its cars is the same approach that we should take as traders when it comes to dealing with the pressure of finding trades and forcing trades which is something that gets a lot of us in trouble check it out but yeah there's, there's no set number in the ground for what's too little what's too much um A lot of it is going to be up to the frequency of your of your strategy and and unfortunately you can't necessarily control um how many opportunities you get i mean i guess you can control it in in a sense if you enter more aggressive you're conservative but you get what i'm saying you're going to get what the market gives you i had that question the other day about quotas i'm like i don't have a quota i don't have a quota in my trading it's whatever if the market gives me 10 trades a day i take 10 trades if it gives me zero then I, i i get zero I think the question was like, "Kiel, if you don't get a trade on your pair today, do you go to a different pair? I'm like, nah just don't, just don't take the trade. <laughs> yeah. You don't need quotas unless you're working for someone that requires quotas. Then that's a whole different type of pressure. That's another one. Yeah. If you take two losses in a row, do you stop trading? No. I don't. I mean, no. Because what if that third trade is a winner? Then I just took two losses and, and left the winner there. It, it, it really really is a process. Yep. It really is a process. I think the, the thing is a lot of us get caught up over what we see on like, uh, you know, the movies and TVs, you see like Wolf of wall street stuff and they're in there and they're trying to cl- like, like salesmen. And then we're not salesmen. We're not car salesmen where we're trying to get a certain amount. We're not trying to force the issue. We're not, you know, making commission like that we're, we're, we're it's, we're more laissez faire. We're waiting for the opportunities to come to us. It's like, uh, Jason Stapleton told me this cool story where he was, um, you know, he's used to going to, he's used to going to um, car dealerships and like you go to a car dealership and what happens, right? Right away, someone comes out to you, hey, 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 how can I help you? What can I show you today? What are you in for? Right? And like, you know, some people like that, some people don't, but that's their job. They come out and meet you and, and greet you. And, and they try to like, hey, let me show you what we got here, right? Um, nothing wrong with that. That's the job, but they're they're aggressive in a sense to, to get the sale. And I remember he went to, I think it was a Ferrari dealership just to check it out. Right. Just, just cause he could, I think he, he had just gotten the money. He's like, I just want to go here just cause I could, I don't plan on buying anything, but you know, I I could, if I wanted to. And he's walking in and he's expecting to be approached by someone. And like everyone's sitting at their desk, like ignoring him. Like no one, (laughs) like no one comes out, no one greets him, And he's like, what the hell is this man? Like what's, what's going on? And he asked a guy, cause you know, he's a, he's inquiring about just business practice. He's like, Hey, can I ask you guys a question? Like, like usually at car dealerships, like you guys are like overly aggressive. You come out and I gotta be like, Hey man, I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking. I'll, I'll let you know when I need something and, and blah, blah, blah. But I come here. And for the first time, like, you know, I want to be approached and, and like no one's approaching me. And the guy like calmly, like, you know, puts his coffee cup down, swivels off his chair. He says, he says, look. He says, the difference between kind of like a regular used car dealership or whatever like that and a Ferrari dealership is there, is this, right? You're going into a used car dealership and their job is to sell you a car. So they've got to come to you. They've got to approach you. They've got to do this sales pitch to sell you this car. He said, Ferrari, we don't need to sell you a car. You came in here because you're looking to buy. You just let us know when you're ready and we'll do the paperwork for you. And it made perfect sense, right? If you walk into a Ferrari dealership, do you need to be sold a Ferrari? Like, no, you already know what you're doing, right? It's kind of like, you know, this this is me with any store where it's like, I don't want to be sold anything in a store. Like I, I, when I go to stores, I know exactly what I'm getting. I will walk directly there. I will pick it up and I just need you to, to, to get, get on the register, but it makes perfect sense. Like I'm not, I'm not walking in a Ferrari dealership and you're not going to convince me to buy a Ferrari. You're here because you want to buy a Ferrari. You're here because you're interested. So you just let me know which one you want. <laughs> let me know when you're ready to test drive it, and then we'll get this paperwork done. And we look at the markets the, the same way. Like, it's not my job to like, uh, the question I got as well was like, you know, I was explaining to him how I have a, a set portfolio of pairs, I look at all those, portfolio, all those pairs every single day and look for opportunities. Like, well, if, if there's nothing there, do you go to these other pairs or other markets? I'm like, no, like I don't go around searching and hunting for trades. Like I, I my, my thing is simple, right? My job is to do analysis as a trader. I do analysis, right? And I do my analysis the same way, whether I think there's gonna be a trading opportunity or whether I don't think there's gonna be a trading opportunity, right? Because ultimately there's, there, you know, I, I believe in this kind of control what you can control, ignore what you can't, right? Can I control if a trading opportunity comes today? Can I control if price action moves to a level of structure, gives me a lower, low, lower close? Can I control a bearish Gartley pattern? No right? I can't control that. So why would I waste any mental, physical, or emotional energy on it, on getting upset, right? My job is simple. I'm going to perform analysis. I'm going to perform analysis consistently the way I'm supposed to perform analysis. And if I perform analysis, I will know which trading opportunities are available, right? And I say this all the time, right? We do this with advance. I'm like, okay, if price action goes to this level, then I'll look for RSI to go overbought. If RSI goes overbought, then I'll look for double top. If I get double top, then I'll look for bearish diversions. If I get bearish diversions, then, then I enter next bar market. So I'm just doing my analysis on every pair and then I'm sitting back and waiting. And sometimes the market will get to that level. Sometimes it will get to that level and blow right through and it will never be a trade. Sometimes it will get to that level and give me what I need and it'll be a trade. Sometimes it will never go to that level. So my job is, is just to wait. I I, I am the salesman in the Ferrari, right? I'm I'm not going out there hunting for trades, right? I am opening the door. I am waiting for you to come in and when the market decides, Hey, it wants to, it wants to buy a Ferrari. I'm here to do the paperwork for you and get commission. That's my only job. And if no one comes in the door, I don't, I don't go out in the street with a sign and start spinning it. Hey, Ferraris for sale, right? No, like I'm above that. Then I just have a, I have an easy laid back day. And then I wait for, at some point, someone's going to come in and want this Ferrari and I'll be here for it. But that, that's, that's how we approach the market. And George said, I think a lot of this is coming from the fun challenges as well. Yeah. And again, that's a different animal. So when I, when I managed money, um, there was an entirely different pressure. And I said all the right things, blah, 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 but it's a different, and again, I, I had a, I was young, and I didn't have a, a backbone, so I, I was afraid to tell my client the things that were really on my mind, because um, I didn't I didn't want to lose them. If, if I lost my, my big client, like this was my, this was how I made money, right? If you guys don't know the story, I quit three of my jobs to go full-time trading, not knowing what full-time trading was. Um, discovered what full-time trading actually was and had proper expectations of what I could get out of the market and realized, oh crap, I don't have enough money to like survive off my little $10,000 account. Like I'm not going to make, you know, 300% a year. Like I thought I would. So I got into money management. Um, and money management gave me access to a lot more money and I was able to get paid off of, um, not technically commissions cause that was illegal and I would have needed to be registered, but, um, uh, a management fee, let's, let's, let's put it that way. Wink, wink. Right. And, you know, I had, I had a client that was, um, he was not, not overly aggressive, but let, let's say passionate about the market and, and wanted to be involved. So I, I would get regular calls and texts and emails like, Hey, um, how many trades are you in today? What you know, what like what's the activity? And it was tough because like i you know I'm I'm swing trading on the four hours, so like I can go weeks without trading. So I'm like, ah, you know, nothing today, waiting on euro dollar, about 200 pips off the high, but uh once we get there, boom, looking for shorts. Okay, so sh- should not you get long instead of you know before that high? Well, I don't know what's gonna I, I think it's gonna get to the high, but I don't know it's gonna get to the high. I was just a counter trend trade at the time. Like so my you know, my trading style isn't to catch the trend continuation move. I need to wait for structure to be hit so I can catch the counter trend moves. Like, okay, yeah, but if you think it's going to go there, can't we just buy it until it gets there? And, you, like, you know, the confidence leaking out of me. Well, eh, right. So I, I started caving in, but I felt this pressure where if I wasn't in a trade every day, I was going to get that call, that email. Hey, what are we in? How are we doing? What, what are we in? How are we doing? And it was hard for me to say, well, I'm in nothing. I'm following my plan. I'm in nothing. Right. So I, I, I get it. And with the prop firm challenges, especially when you're in the challenge phase, right. You you have a a, a goal a, a quota essentially that you have to get, and if 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 you if you if you don't get it you're in trouble. I was watching this um watching this show called Mayor of Kingstown. I don't know if you guys have ever saw it. It's um, what's the guy um the Hawkeye guys and he just he just hurt himself um the main actor from Hawkeye he's in it, but it's this girl in this uh she ends up going, she, a brothel pretty much. Um, yeah. Jeremy Redder, I think it is. Yeah. Good, great show. Uh, do not watch it with kids. <laughs> do not watch it with kids. It's, it's man. It's, Ooh, it's tough. But, um, this girl just got in his brothel and, and, and the guy there, he said like, Hey, he said, your job is to make me $5,000 a night. He said, if you make $8,000, then that's great for you. If you make $4,000, then you're in trouble. So she ha- said, she has to make 5,000 a night. No matter what, like, think about the pressure, think about the pressure, but you see it with a lot of these funding challenges where you, it's a challenge. You, you have to hit a quota. You're, you're on a time limit. Um, it, it's, this is one of the reasons I, I don't ever, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Don't get me wrong. But like at this point in my career, I, I would never do it because I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be forced to, I, I would at some point I would be forced to break my rules. At some point, I would be forced to break my rules or, or, or change my rules so that I have enough frequency. Now, w- what I would do is I would I would shift my rules. I would go back to day trading, obviously for a, for a challenge. I would go back to day trading. I, I would I would pick a strategy that has a very high frequency, and I would watch it on a very large portfolio to basically ensure myself opportunities on a regular basis. But when I ensure myself more opportunities, I also present myself with more risk, and that's the double-edged sword. So now I gotta switch things around in order to keep my risk low lower since I'm adding more frequency. So it's kind of that, that double-edged sword. But yeah, I think a part of it is that, uh, George, I think a lot of it too is again, just the understanding of, of what do we think trading is? What would you trade most people think trading is gambling. And I do agree that trading is gambling, but trading is smart gambling, but most people think trading as, um, you know, the casino. And again, like, would you, would you go to the casino not to play any games? like no what's the point like when you when you go to the casino you go to play so same thing we enter the markets we're not here to watch and observe and and wait and maybe not trade today we came to the markets to trade and if i'm gonna identify myself as a trader i shall be trading Uh, so it's a lot of that combined um a lot of that combined but it's a it's a dangerous game um it's i it's yeah i don't uh you you do give up freedom, um, and you put a lot of pressure on yourself, and that, and that pressure loads up from not only just needing to find trades, but once those losers come in, to you got to make up for them quick uh, because you're 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 in a challenge, and you, you gotta you gotta win. This is one of the things. This is one of the reasons I'm, I'm against. Um, again, I'm not against platform challenges, but I'm against like trading challenges. Someone asked me the other day, whether I should, you know, can I host a trading challenge? And I'm, I'm firmly against them because in order to win a challenge, you got to do something ridiculous. And all you're doing is when you're, when you're doing something ridiculous is you're trading outside of your plan, you're developing bad habits and you don't want those. The worst thing you can possibly do is get lucky during a trading challenge with those bad habits. And now you think those bad habits are the way to success. And then you go back and do it live and you're, you're not so lucky and you, you blow everything. Um, so it's a, it's a dangerous game. Dangerous game. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hey, if you want to learn how to become a better trader, no matter what level you're at, meaning you're brand new or maybe you've been at it for a while and you're struggling, check out our website, www.tier1trading.com. I recommend the 14-day risk-free trial membership that gets you on the platform. You can take some courses, you can sit in some of our live sessions and you can really get a feel for the community and and ask all the questions you want to ask before making any type of financial commitment. So www.tier1trading.com, 14-day risk-free trial membership. No auto bill, no fluff, just content, and I'll see you guys there.